And if any of you got something today, I'm sorry y'all didn't get something, but we got free barbecue afterwards. Uh, stay for that. We got some slides you can play on and all that, so make sure you stay for that. If y'all didn't like what you got, you can change gifts with somebody else if they want to change gifts. But we want to find just something a little different. How many of you heard about the little boy who kept calling for his dad, eight years old? Dad, I want some water. Well, dad brought him a glass of water. He met him at the door, grabbed the glass of water, and shut the door. Later on, called, Dad, I need another glass of water. And kept on, and this kept on until the eighth glass of water. And he said, Son, another glass of water? He said, Yeah, Dad, the fire's not out yet. <laughs> Did that ever happen to somebody? I heard, I heard of one person that it happened to. This is typical. My mother and I returned to my parents' house late one evening to find my father, my college-aged brother, Stephen, and my 10-year-old sister fast asleep. Mom had forgotten her house keys, so we knocked loudly, first at the back door, then at the front door, and then at the side doors. We yelled my father's name over and over and no answer. The corn horn woke the neighbors up, but no one at our house. We drove into town, phoned home, and finally waking up Stephen... When we got back, he let us in. Dad was in bed snoring with the television on. Mom quietly switched it off. Dad woke up right away. Don't turn that off. I'm watching it. That's pretty typical, huh? I just want to share a few minutes with you today. I'm so glad you came on this day. But as, if you saw the sign, I gave. we wanted to give the scripture today out of Proverbs 17:6. The glory of children is their father. The glory of children is their father. The children are a crown or an ornament of blessing to their children. But the father is glory to their children. And when you look that word up in the lexicon, number 8597, it means that your father is of a glorious name. He means to boast, to be renowned. But it was also the name that David would call the presence of the Ark of the Covenant. It was called the seat of divine majesty. It has to do with one's rank. So when it talks about the glory of the father, it's talking about the rank that the dad has, the position that the dad has. And one thing I want to share with you, if you, if you do have your Bibles, out of uh, Ephesians 5.1 in the Living Bible, I'll just read it to you. It, it says, follow God's example in everything you do, just as much as a loved child imitates his father. Say that with me, imitates his father. What I want to share with you today, so many times, you know, and man, I'm, I'm still learning. My, my youngest will be 13 in August. My oldest is 20. And I got one 14 going on 15. And uh, man, I'm still learning. I got a lot to learn, trying to learn all the different things about being a dad. And you know, so many people today, what you hear most people say is, I didn't have a dad who taught me. Or you hear a lot of people say, I sure don't want to be like my dad. But the thing about it is, one thing that this message, not only is for dads, it's for all, all of us. Because the Lord said in Jeremiah and in Isaiah, my children are foolish because they don't have the understanding of the meaning of my names. And what I want to do just for a few minutes this morning, I want to just give you a few of the names of God to give you a revelation that if we're to be imitators of God as dear children, if we're going to be fathers, we need to learn to imitate the Heavenly Father. Because how many of you know He's the best father of them all? Amen. How many know his son was successful in everything? How many know his son was victorious? Amen. So we've got to learn. And um, my wife and I, we were watching an introduction to a video I bought not long ago. 
It was about a man who got killed a few, a pastor who got killed a few years ago in Iran. He was a martyr. They found, they had to go identify their dad. The oldest boy was 20, 21. He had to go identify his dad who was stabbed to death by the Islam, by the Muslims there in Iran. He had wrote over 70 worship songs, a mighty man of God. And his son, his two sons decided to make a movie about their dad's life. And they have some original clips and they went to six countries to film this movie. And I like to maybe one Sunday night, maybe it'd be great to, to show it for us to see because they made it for, to understand the need, what's going on around in other countries as far as the martyrs and men are still giving their lives. And he spent 10 years in prison before they let him out to, to kill him. And then the threats upon the family. But the thing that struck me was the youngest boy, he's now 22, but he was 10 years old when his dad died. And uh, he looked kind of like his dad, except he was heavy. So they made him lose weight. They made him shave. And he played his father's part. And as I was listening to the introduction last night, listening to this young man tell his testimony, he said something I thought was very interesting. He said, I, I shaved. I lost 10 pounds. But he says, the thing that impacted me the most was for 13 hours a day, I had to play my dad. I had to be my dad for 13 hours a day and live his life. And he says, even when I had my dad, I never felt so close to my dad as when I had to be my dad for this movie. And when he walked up to his house, when he, they had did some work on his face and all that, when his mom saw him, she just broke down crying because that's what she remembers her husband looking like at that age. Wouldn't it be awesome if we would take the time, men, and be men of God, men of our fathers. When you watch Jewish movies, it's really something to hear those little kids running. And all of a sudden you hear them holler, Abba. And you know, we all hear Abba and we've read Abba. But when you hear them using the word Abba constantly in the movie when they're calling for their dad. And if there's something that I think we, we've got to learn and there's something that I desire. I, I want my kids to think of me as they would think about God. I want to be in a living example for my children of what God is like, how God is loving, how God is there, there. But, you know, how can I show them God if I don't know God myself, his character, his attributes? And so I want to challenge you, because, as you know, the church is built upon the seven spirits of God, which are the seven redemptive names of God. And I want to give you a few of these names today, the seven redemptive names of God. And the first one I want to give you is Jehovah Sama. Jehovah Sama. And that means the Lord who is present, the Lord who is there. How many of you know there's a lot of absent fathers? And where I meet it, we think about those who live out of state because they don't want to pay child support. Or we talk about the father who has remarried, gone on, and has abandoned his kids. But how many you know, even in a home, a father can live in the home and still be absent? One of the names of God is Jehovah Sama, the Lord who is there. And one of the definitions is he's there in a unique way. He's just not there. You need to write that down. He's a father who is there in a unique way. How many of you know a while back they showed on the news and they show constantly, but especially down in Florida, alligators going and taking a child or right now in California, they have these coyotes and wolves that are grabbing these children and dragging them off into the woods. You might have seen that on the news. Well, you know, as we are fathers today, we understand and hear that there is a lot of things going on that is trying to take our children. 
We have teenagers and we have children who are confused about what sex they are, what sex they, they want to marry. Children who are confused about how to dress, how to act. There's so much pressure at school. I can't get over how many times we have to talk to our kids when they come back from school and kids have told them this about sex and told them this about their parents and told them this about maybe a relative and, and all the stuff they come home and they unload on us and you hear about all the things and what it is is that the spirit of this world is like an alligator or like a, a wolf or a coyote that is just waiting to jump and devour our children. And we've got to be a God we've got to be a father, earthly father, like our heavenly father who is there for them. Because listen, as they tell us about these things they see and they hear in the world If we're not there for them, they will end up going to those things either in rebellion or because of a void, because of a father who is not always there. Now, we want God to always be there for us, but I think maybe he wants us to follow his example and be there for them. Can I hear an amen? If we're going, if we're, I mean, those children were just not brought out of a time of passion. Those children were a gift from God. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And if we cannot neglect our salvation, I don't think we're supposed to neglect the gift of children either. In Hebrews 13, 5, the Lord says, I will not, not leave you or forsake you. How many of you know, are you, do you ever tell your kids, baby, daddy's not going to leave you? When they come home and they tell you, did you hear so-and-so is getting a divorce, daddy? Oh, yeah, babe, but aren't you glad daddy's not going to leave you? Aren't you glad mama's not leaving you? How many of you know your kids need assurance that you have a covenant with them and you are not going to abandon them or forsake them. Can I hear an amen in here this morning? You say, well, I've already done that. Then you ask them to forgive you and you tell them, I'm going to be there for the best of my ability. I may not be the perfect dad, but I'm going to be a dad who's there to listen to you and a dad who is there for you. And many people immediately say, well, you know, that's not my type. You know, my dad wasn't that way with me and I'm just not used to being that type. Well, you can learn to be imitators of God as dear children. Amen, men. Amen, Amen, ladies. Imitating God that I'm going to be there. Daddy's not going anywhere for any reason. I am here when you need me. One of the cards I got from one of my boys today was thanking me. Thank you, Dad, for being there for me. Thank you for being there to hear me and listen to me, even when it doesn't make sense. And, you know, sometimes things don't make sense. How many of you got kids? I mean, sometimes it don't make sense. I mean, sometimes you don't have the answers. But you know what? When we don't have the answers, there's books and there's the Lord and there's the Word of God to run to to seek the answers. We just don't say, I don't have the answers. No, we're going to get the answers. Whether it's spiritually, physically, whatever area may be, we want to be there for our children. How many of you know that our children need security? Amen. A lot of children and youth are not having security, but we need to let them know that we're going to be there for them. It says in verse six that we may boldly say, I want to say it this way, that they may boldly say, my dad is my helper. I will not fear what men can do to me. My dad is always there. I'm not going to worry, be fretful. I'm not going to be fearful of what men or circumstances may arise because I know I can call on my dad and I know that I can trust my dad and I can go to him with anything and that he's going to receive me and he's going to help me just like the Heavenly Father is. And you know what? Dads, if your kids can go to you, they're not going to have any trouble going to God when they're in trouble. Before they go to a bar or the drug dealer, they're going to go to God because they saw you go to God and they saw that they could go to you. Amen? 
Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you in the right with the right hand of my righteousness. In other means, you've got God's attention when you most need it. How many of you know your kids need to know you've got their attention when they most need it? They might do something to make you mad. They might have made some huge mistakes, but they're still your kids and you still have to be there for them. There's none of this. Get out of my sight. I'm through with you. There's none of this. I'll never I'll never forgive you for what you've done. There's none of that. There's always I'm going to be there for you and we're going to get through this boy. And we're going to get this through this daughter. Amen. Amen. Now, the thing about Jehovah's Psalm, the Lord's present, he was speaking about restoring Israel's former glory. Yeah, you might have made a mistake. You might have been. They were wandering in the wilderness. You know, one of the definitions for wilderness dead end. How many of your kids have ever gone to hit a dead end in their life? A number of times. Well, Dad, I'm going to try this, and it's a dead end. Well, instead of saying, you know, I told you you were a loser. How many of you need to start saying, well, son, that might have ended by hitting a wall, but you learn more, and next time you're going to go through that wall. Can I hear an amen? I mean, that's how God is with us. That's how I've learned my father. That's how I learned my heavenly father. That no matter how many times I'm mistaken, he's there for me. And though I may hit a dead end in some areas of my life, it doesn't mean that I'm going to quit. I'm not going to quit being a dad just because I might have messed up in some areas and they're not going to quit being my son just because they or daughter because they messed up in some areas. So it says that he's restoring their former glory. And you know what I love about it in the concordance also? It meant I'm always there because I choose to live among men. Men are imperfect. They were sinners. He was talking about people who were worshiping idols one day, praising him the next and living all kind of ways. But he says, I choose to live among men. How many of you know, dads, you got to choose to go home after work on time. You got to choose to spend the weekend with them. You got to choose to be interested in what they're interested in. My hands and fingers are not very good with those controls, but I try. I try to hear what they're interested in. Now we bought them some drums and a guitar. Now I can do a guitar, but I, I can't do it by buttons. I got to relearn all that. All these different things. There's things to relearn. There's things you want to be a part of in their life. You want to be there among them, right? The world is upside down. It doesn't make any sense to them at all. That's what it says in Psalms 140, Psalms 46, 1 through 3. When the world is upside down, you can read it later. I need to know my dad is there. So many times they feel like their world's upside down. The second name I want to give you right quick is Jehovah Shalom. How Everybody knows what Shalom means, amen? The Lord is your peace. So we see that this word, listen to this, the word Shalom is used 170 times. And the word showed up in Genesis, I mean in uh, Judges chapter 6 when God was speaking to Gideon. When all the Midianites were like grasshoppers and there was a multitude of the enemies surrounding them. Listen. It was when the enemy was surrounding them like a multitude that God appeared to Gideon. And in the midst of the multitude of enemies says, I'm your God, I'm your peace. When your kids are in a battle, they need to hear you saying, I speak peace over you. I speak peace. You need to walk their room. I speak peace over this room. You need to anoint their bed. I speak peace over this bed. It may be something about a relationship. 
I speak peace in their relationship in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that, Lord, you will do that good work in my child's life. You will finish what you started in their life. But listen, fathers, we've got to be copy and imitate Jehovah Shalom and be gods of peace. Because how many know there's a lot of peace absence in the home? There's a lot of hollering going on. There's a lot of putting down going on. There's a lot of, well, I didn't have anybody to help me. My daddy didn't bail me out. My daddy sure didn't show me any love. My daddy wasn't there when I needed him. Won't you just stop whining and won't you grow up? That is not Jehovah Shalom. Because when you're whining, what would you feel like if God would tell you? You whiner. You loser. Don't cry to me. You got yourself in that place. Get yourself out. God is always there. You want to be a real man? Be a man of peace. Be a man who can control your anger. Be a man who can control your attitude and your character. That's what's being a real man. You hear me? Amen. Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, Because I trust Him, I have confidence. Write that down. Isaiah 26.3 Because I trust Him, I have confidence. You know, my kids come and they they tell me everything. They even tell me sins. You know why? They trust me. And because they trust me, they have confidence. Now, they're growing up knowing they can trust and have confidence in their natural dad. And they're going to know they can have that same trust and confidence with their heavenly father. They're not going to have the attitude where God's up there with a stick because dad wasn't there with a stick. Now, when they needed the rod, they got the rod. But it says, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Don't be throwing them against the wall and say, when you're going to be a man. Don't be thrown by the wall and say, you're just like your mama. Or treating a young lady like, won't you grow up? Or, 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 or however, uh, I don't have any daughters, so I don't know a whole lot. I got a wife. But uh, how many of you know that there's certain ways you talk to your children? There's certain ways you don't talk to your children. So if you tell, show them peace, they will have confidence. Amen? So we see also emotional peace. How many of you know your kids can be an emotional wreck? But when we speak peace over them, we can help them. In 1 John chapter 4, 18 through 19, perfect love puts away fear. Write down Psalms 29, 11. It says to bless your home with peace. Just write down, Father, I just pray peace in every home. As the struggles, as the problems, whatever may arise in life, I ask you that your peace rule and reign over each home and over each dad and over each mother today, that peace may reign in their home. And Isaiah 54, 13 through 17 speaks about peace in the home. And listen, Job 22, 21 says, Now acquaint yourself with him and be at peace, thereby good, say good. Good will come to you. Now, isn't it something that there Job is giving another insight? It's not just about by faith, good things are going to come to you. It's not by just living a good life, good things are going to come to you. It says, be at peace with yourself. Be at peace in your home and good things are going to come to you. Just keep seeking and sowing peace. The next name I want to give you is Jehovah Rache. The Lord is my shepherd. How many of you know Psalms 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. Amen. 
That is Jehovah Rohe. It means the Lord is my shepherd. Now listen to this. The word Rohe is used 187 times as the word friend. Say friend. Say friend. The Lord Jehovah Rohe is my friend. It also means guide. It also means provider. It also means protector. It also means buddy. Say buddy. It speaks of a close friendship and companionship and love. How many of you know it doesn't matter how young they are or how old they get, us fathers should never stop having a close friendship and, and buddy system with our boys and with our girls. Amen? I tell you, we had a wedding a while, about just a few weeks ago with Brother Justin, and uh, his daughter got married. And I, I tell you, if you would have seen him with his daughter, and that's a, he's a real man. You're a real man. He's a real man. Hunter, everything. But if you would have seen this father with his daughter, she had such the most perfect wedding. And the things, the rituals they did before the wedding, in my opinion were greater than the whole ceremony because what was done from his heart as a dad to his daughter and from his mother to a daughter, my wife and I both stood there greatly admired of them kneeling and putting her shoes or taking the old shoes off and putting her wedding shoes on and going through the shoe ceremony and speaking words and all the other things they did before, preparing an atmosphere of letting her go but knowing she'll always be a part of their life. I believe we need more of that. I believe that the monster, the demonic forces have attacked the home in America. And it's time for the church to get healed inside out so that the married couples in the church and those getting married can help start healing the world around them. Amen. That was a good place to clap. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loveth at all times. Say that with me. A friend loveth at all times times. Proverbs 18.24 says, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Listen to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 11 through 12 in the message translation. He found him out in the wilderness in an empty, windswept wasteland. He threw his arms around him and lavished attention on him. Where was his son? In a wasteland. What did he do when he found his son? He hugged him and he lavished attention on him. Say attention. How many of you know our children need attention, fat dads? Even if your ex-wife or ex-husband is remarried and they have another family, that doesn't mean that the covenant, blood covenant of those children with you is cut off. They still need your attention. Abide by the rules, abide by the laws, but do everything you can to show that child, you may not live with me, but you're with me in my heart and I love you and I'm here for you. It goes on to say, he threw his arms around him, lavished attention on him, guarding him as the apple of his eye. He was like an eagle hovering over its nest, overshadowing its young, then spreading its wings, lifting them into the air and teaching them, teaching them to fly. How many times we say, when are you going to learn to do this? Well, the Bible says, when are you going to learn to teach them how to do it? God alone led him when there was no foreign gods in sight. And God lifted him 
on the hilltops. So we see here Jehovah Shalom. Now Ephesians 5.23, it talks about the man being the head of the house. How many of you know, boy, men love that word head. I'm the head. You need to submit to the head. And then the woman goes, well, I'm the neck that the head turns on. Well, the word head in the Greek means direction giver. Direction giver. It also means decision maker. And you know what? Let me say something here, dads. We're the head. Well, the Bible says that I make the decisions in this house. I give the directions in this house. And it's amazing how kids may say, or even mama may say, or the husband may say, well, what reason? I don't need to give you any reason. Wait a minute. That's not how God, that's not the work of the head. The work of the head is not to say, I've made the decision, that's final, that's the way it is. The work of the head is to make the decision, but also give the reasons behind the decision so that there's peace in the home. I think that's a lack in the home. And it sure is quiet, and I'm getting you today, am I? It's quiet in here today, but listen, I'm preaching truth here. It's just because I told you not to. My dad was old school. It was always, I just said no. But daddy, I just said no. Boy, it would have been a lot easier just to know. Okay, but can I just know why? No, you don't need to know why. I just want to know. No, that's my decision. How many of you know we can take the time to give the reasons for our decisions? Especially if we've been in prayer about them. Amen. It says that he's the head. Jesus is not only the head of the churches. The man is the head over the wife. But it also says that he is the savior of the body. How many of you read that in Ephesians? He's the savior of the body. You know what that word savior means? Protector. He's the direction giver. He's the decision maker. And he's the protector. But listen to this. He's the protector spiritually, emotionally, and physically. The protector. But you know what the word savior also means? He is the provider. And that leads me to the next name, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. How many are thankful that we have a God that provides? How many are thankful we have a God that provides? Paul said something very strong to Timothy. He says, if you men, you fathers, do not provide for your children, you are worse than the unbelievers going to hell. A dad who does not provide for his family is worse than a heathen. I've gave some advice to someone lately, and it's something that I had to do years ago. Whenever I hear people say, you know, I don't have any money. I say, well, do you have anything to pawn? I had things very important, but when my family needed the money, I went pawned them. Because we weren't going to do, they weren't going to do without just so that I could have some stuff. You know, I have a lot of people... They, they, a lot of people want money and need money, and we help a lot of people. We, uh, last year, it was thousands and thousands of dollars to help with electricity and medicine, and we don't mind doing that. But for one, we look at the tithing record. But for two, that computer, that gets a lot of people in trouble. Do you have to have it? No. Then go sell it. Instead of your family doing without... There is a way. Boy, it is quiet in here today. I am making points here today. Do you know what the word provider means? 
It was Abraham was going to kill his son. I'm willing to sacrifice what I have to for the love and the obedience to my father. And it means to be the savior of the body means I'm willing to do whatever sacrifices is made for the good of my family. Now, I'm not talking about you taking a second job because your kids want to go to Hawaii. There's a lot to do right there at Red River. Just go shoot snakes. I mean, they're all over the place. You know, I'm not talking about killing yourself, but I am saying, if you're saying, I can't pay the electricity bill, I can't pay the car bill, we're just losing kids, I don't think we're going to better do this, do that. Well, there is a real nice boat in your garage and you're saying you ain't got the money. You got four 12 gauges. But you can't provide. Whoa, I'm touching on things right here. But the Heavenly Father says, I didn't hold back my precious only son. How much more will I not give unto you all these other things? You said, Brother Russell, you do that? Hey, I've already pawned, sold, and gave stuff away for the good of my family. Because before I'd have some of those things, I want to see them make sure that they have the clothes and their needs met. Amen, church? You know, so, you know, some people say, well, I don't see why this ain't much of a message. Well, you're getting plenty of scriptures and I got more coming. But let me say this. A lot of us were not taught and we still need to be taught. And we're wondering why the divorce rate in the church is higher than the world. And it's maybe because there are things that are not being taught and things that are stealing our children and things that are destroying our marriage. Oh, I know it's nice having that big flat screen TV. But if your kid needs something special, if their teeth need fixing, I think it does, does good to go without TV for a few months. And let your child see, my, my dad really does love me. Because he loved that TV. I knew he loved it more than me. But when he sold that TV for me, I know my daddy loves me. Amen. The Lord our provider. Children need to know that the great provider is through you. Proverbs fifteen six says, In the house of the righteous is much treasure. Proverbs 20, verse 7, His children are blessed after him. Psalms 37, 25 through 26, I've been... Young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. He is merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Psalms 112, 2 through 3. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed, and wealth and riches are in his home. If you want to pray a good prayer over your family, it's 2 Samuel 7, verse 29. 2 Samuel 7, verse 29. It says, this is verse 28. And now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are true. And you have promised this goodness to your servant. Now, therefore, let us please you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue before you forever, O Lord. O Lord God, you have spoken it. And with your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. How many wants your house blessed forever? Amen. Okay, I got to go through this quickly. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our victory. The children of Israel, listen now, the children of Israel were going through a hard time. They were in the desert. They were being bitten by snakes. Moses had to lift up the serpent on the cross. And he, well, they were fighting the enemy and they were holding up the rod. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our victory. I want to tell you something, dads. If your kid has nightmares, you need to be known as the devil, devil killer in your house. Amen, church. 
You need to be known as a champion. You need to be known of one who casts the devil out and says, I'm not going to allow any evil spirit to attack my children. I'm not going to allow the spirit of cowardice to be upon my child. You need to be known as a courageous, victorious, victorious champion in your home. You need, Daddy, I've got a problem with son. Let's pray about it. Son, I'm praying for you. Dad, pray for me. We're having final exams. I want to pray for you. I'm going to claim the word. You have the spirit of excellence. According to Daniel chapter 1 and chapter 2, that you are ten times wiser than those around you. And you just need to speak the word and claim it. You've got to be known as a champion in your home. They're sick, you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If there's problems, you've got to know. When there's evil things going on or something on the TV, you come against those spirits in the name of Jesus. If they come to you and tell you they're seeing little things walking in their room or they're seeing something in their room, you go in that room, you get the oil and you say, come on, baby, you and I, we're going to cast the devil out of this room in the name of Jesus. You've got to be known and show the example that your father cares for you, and I'm there to have spiritual warfare for you to win in Jesus' name. Amen? But let me say this too. You know why Jehovah Nisi had to appear? Because the children of Israel were too busy complaining. Complaining brought the devil on. We need to teach our kids. And it's a hard job, but we got to teach our kids. You need to stop that complaining. Complaining opens the door for the enemy. So how many know we've got to train on that? Amen. We've got to teach them Matthew 12, 29. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. It speaks of the spirits of excellence. We, we teach them that they can trust God to give Him glory, to worship Him, to pray. In 1 John 5, 4, to live by faith, to speak it, to live it. Not to speak doubt or negativity. To be able to pray over care, uh, sickness and diseases and cares and pray with them. Jehovah Nisi is with us in every battle and every challenge. We must lift up our kids' hands so they know that there's no more wandering in the wilderness or wondering what to do, but that God is there. The sixth name is Jehovah Tiskanu, the Lord our righteousness. And I don't have time to read it, but you need to go read Jeremiah 23, 4 through 6. And Jeremiah 33, 16. Because it says it twice. That when righteous, where righteousness is, they dwell in peace. They dwell safely. But I want to give you this one word. The word tiskunu means the Lord is our justice. Say justice. Now this word justice, listen to this. Listen to this definition of the Lord Jehovah tiskunu. The Lord our righteousness, our justice. It means to accept one in word, in thoughts, and in works. To accept, to accept that child in thought, in words, and in action. To accept that child. I know my parents love me. I know my parents accept me. Hey, they may not make straight A's. They may not make straight B's. They may not make straight C's. But I know you're trying. And I know you're going to do better. The word justice means to accept in word, thought, and works. It means a perfect relationship. It means to tell them that you love them and you accept them for who they are, not who they are not. Why can't you be like his son? They ought to say, why can't you be like his dad? Many men don't learn to communicate and praise and edify. How many of you know when they were little, when they learned to walk? How many of you parents, how many of you dads clapped when your sons learned to walk? How many remember clapping when they were able to hit that ball and when they, or when they were running track or whatever sports they were into? How many of you know, even though they're 15, 17, 18, 20, 22, 25, how many of you know they, need, they still need daddy clapping for them? 
When I was 39, my dad passed away. But you know what? He clapped, to me to the, clapped for me till the end. There's something about having a dad who keeps clapping for you and, and just praising you and just congratulating you for every accomplishment of your life. Those are the memories that they cherish. And that's what you're teaching them to do to your grandchildren. Okay? Righteousness means you, that your dad loves you and is there for you. Hallelujah. Let me give you the last one and one of the most important. Jehovah Rapha. How many know what that name means? The Lord our healer. Say healer. In Exodus 15, 22 through 26, this is where they were bitten by snakes and they lifted up the, the bronze cross up, uh, up so they could see and look upon it. How many of you know, we fathers, we need to teach our kids about the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to teach our kids and always sing and talk about the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. Always show them the cross. That word look, whoever looked upon the cross, it means to occupy and influence the one looking. When I show them the cross, when we're watching Jesus of Nazareth or the Passion, or when we're playing worship around, we're continually showing them the cross. How many of they are shown so many things? We as parents need to make sure that they have the opportunities to be influenced by the power of what Christ did for them. Not sickness or the problem. Problem, but to teach them to have expectation in the power of the cross. Write down Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. You need, uh, you need to read that. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. Talks about keeping the word. If I keep the word before you, if a man teaches his children out of the word of God. But also Luke 4, 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. How many of the Spirit of God can be upon you as a father and a mother? Amen, church. If you say, I don't, I, I just, you know, I'm not a preacher. I don't know the word that good. Pray for the anointing of God to come upon you when you're getting ready to talk to your child. We don't have any excuses. Lord, I'm getting ready to talk to my son today about this situation, that sin, that thing that attacks a young mind, that thing that happens when they're by themselves. They're, this is going on, that's going on. Lord, I need your anointing so that when I speak your word, I am opening the eyes of the blind. I'm loosening the prison doors. I'm, I'm seeing the recovery of their salvation come to them. I pray not only for the anointing in that room, but the anointing upon me and the anointing to transfer to my child when I get ready to speak to them. I claim the anointing of the power and the word of God to let the captive go free and my son may be a captive and my daughter may be in captive, but I believe in the same anointing that Jesus Jesus came before the Pharisees is anointing upon me to talk to that child and break the chains in Jesus' name. Can I hear you? Amen, church. Are we Pentecostal or are we Pentecostal? We don't fight against flesh and blood. That's the problem. We try to handle it by Dr. Spock's word instead of the word of the Lord. We try to use psychology and we try to just soften the edges and make it so nice. Oh, baby, don't do that. Oh, this and that. No, you got to sometimes come out of him in the name of Jesus Christ. Sometimes you got to rebuke the devil. Sometimes you got to get mad. Devil, you are not going to torment my child with that type of thought life in Jesus' name. You are not going to come against that generational curse in the name of Jesus. You may say, that's crazy. It worketh. It works. It's not just flesh and blood, brother and sister. It's the power of Jehovah Nisus. It's the power. I play the blood over them. Lord, I don't like that young man my daughter's going out with. I've never seen more of a magnet for Rome in all of my life. But I trust you with her. She's of age. 
And there's nothing I can do. But I can do this. I plead the power of the precious blood of Jesus Christ over my baby. I plead the blood over her body. I plead the blood over her mind. I plead the blood over her emotions. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I hedge her in and I thank you for the armor of God upon her. And Lord, I have trained her according to your word. So I give you praise and glory that no matter what that young man speaks, and though it sounds like the serpent who spoke to Eve, I claim she has heard the voice of Jesus enough to know the difference between the serpent and the Savior. You hear me, church? I mean, our kids are up against some things today. And we've got to get entombed. And we've got to be imitators of God as dear children. Healing the oppressed, the mental oppressed, the emotional. Sometimes breaking spiritual curses off the family. Looking for changes in personalities, morals, character, appearances, voices, eating habits, spotting, spotting fear and attacking it. The brain receives every experience and the feelings included with those experiences. To break the hardness of heart. Hebrews 11.7 says that our words can wound or our words can heal. Amen. We can provoke our kids with the mouth. Or we can bless our kids and get honored by the words of our children's mouth. Isaiah 44.3 says, I will pour my blessing upon your children. Amen. Now, I'm just going to end here. Look with me, Isaiah 49. You out there? It's quiet. Isaiah 49, verse 25. I want to read. These are some confessions. You ought to write these down too. Isaiah 49, verse 25. Because I want you to believe that not one of your children and grandchildren are going to be lost to this world. Can I hear an amen? How many want your family saved? How many want your seed saved? Okay, let me give you a few scriptures and I'll end today. Isaiah 49, verse 25. But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away. And the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him who contends with you. And I will save your Children! Oh, hallelujah! Woo! I will contend with those spirits that contend with your children's mind, with your children's emotion. I'm going to save your children. Look at chapter 44. Isaiah 44, verse, verse 3. 44, verse 3. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I've given Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Oh, that, that's not right. That was good, though. Here it goes. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Thank you, Lord. My children are thirsty for you. Thank you, Lord. My children are thirst, thirsty for you. Thank you that my grandchildren are thirsty for you, Lord. Thank you that they're not thirsty for the, the philosophies of Buddha or Hinduism. Thank you that my children are thirsty for you, Lord. For I will pour out water upon who he who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. And I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. 
Woo. Amen. How many receive that? That's the promise to you and your children. Look at Jeremiah 31. I'm finishing. Jeremiah 31. But I've got to read these over you. Over your children, my children. Jeremiah 31, verse 16. Jeremiah 31, verse 16. But now this is what the Lord says. Do not weep any longer. For I will reward you, says the Lord. Your children will come back to you. Your children will come back to you from the distant land of the enemy. I love what the message translation says. They'll be coming back. There's hope for your children. God's decree. There is hope for your children. God's decree. There is hope for your children. God's decree. Say it with me. There is hope for my children. It is God's decree. There is hope for my children. It is God's decree. There is hope for my children. It is God's decree. Hallelujah. And the last one, Zechariah chapter 10. Zechariah chapter 10. Verse 7. I love the message. I'll read it to you. God of the angel armies will step in and take care of his flock. He will revive their spirits and make them proud. Get ready for this. And make them proud to be on God's side. You heard that? The world today trying to make children feel like I'm ashamed to be a Christian. I'm ashamed to go to church. I'm ashamed that when I'm asked how many of you believe in creation, not evolution, I'm ashamed to raise my hands. Uh, I'm ashamed that my parents praise and, and worship God. I'm ashamed of religion. It says, I'll revive their spirits and make them proud to be on God's side. God will use them in His work of rebuilding and use them as foundations and pillars. Use them as tools and instruments and use them to oversee His work. I'll take the backslidden kids and I'm going to make leaders out of them. There'll be a workforce to be proud of, working as one, their heads held high, striding through swamps and mud, courageous and vigorous because God is with them, undeterred by the world's things. I will put muscle in my people. How many of you receive that for your children? Amen. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Glory be.